Ladies and gentlemen, this is the 411 from 406. My name is Chewy, and I am joined live and in person by my brother from another mother, Mr. Pip. How are you, sir? I'm fantastic. This is awesome. This is officially our second time to ever podcast face-to-face, which is awesome. I mean, that's the, the whole reason we did this was to try to keep in touch with each other remotely, but this is a, a nice little change of pace. What yeah, so, so Pip, is, uh, Pip is in town in Cleveland for the weekend, and... We are uh, we're just kind of hanging out, and we figured we would uh, we get together and and knock out a podcast because it has been far too long since we've had an opportunity. Certainly, uh, not only to record an episode of the podcast, but just certainly to get together one on one and actually be facing one another while we do this. So, which yeah. is super cool. It's been since January, I think, since yeah, we've Royal actually Rumble. seen each other. Yeah, you came over for the Royal Rumble. It was on my daughter's birthday. And, uh, but more importantly, it was the day that I got my Miss Pac-Man machine. That's right. Uh, so that was really, really cool. That was a fun weekend for sure. It was a short one, but it was a good one nonetheless. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice to be able to repay the favor. It's nice to be in Cleveland when it's warm, yeah. which is not something I'm used to. I'm right. usually here for mania season, which is not stellar weather here. No, February, yeah, Febu- February and March in Cleveland are, uh, are just not good generally. So, uh, I, I do have to, before we start, I do have to say we are joined by another guest sitting between us, the one and only John Cena, John, Mr. Matt has won the John Cena trophy for, for the confidence picks at last year's WrestleMania. He will be venturing out of Ohio back the great state of Indiana with Mr. Matt when he returns home. Yeah, I'm very excited. This is the first time he's going to cross state lines to come back to his home in Indiana. And it's very cool. It was this year's WrestleMania when we were watching uh, remotely on spring break. And I finally won a confidence pool. And I'm very excited about this. It's it's uh, it's a trophy I have long lusted after since we purchased him that one drunken day before WrestleMania many years ago. 2019, it 2019, like. I guess. It, <laughs> yeah. It's written on his chest. So I'm very excited about that. I'm sure I'll post on my Instagram about that and, and uh, welcome him home. And my wife, I'm sure, cannot wait to have him in our house. I'm I, thinking on the mantle, somewhere in the living room, something like that. I really think, yes, on the, the mantle. Yeah, the family room mantle. I think really where everybody, where he can be seen by all, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. So let's see. I, I don't know that we, we, we're not doing a deep dive. We're not doing any one specific topic today. I think we've got kind of a potpourri of things to talk about in full disclosure while we're sitting here watching this we are watching WrestleMania X7 it's on in the background this is one of the shows from before Pip came to join me every year for WrestleMania so we figured we'd uh, we'd throw on one of these in the background so what um what's what's our first topic you got for us today there Mr. Matt well I figured since we were gathering uh, and doing this face-to-face, you know, one, one of the favorite pastimes that I think that we share when I come to visit you here in Cleveland is to talk about some of the breweries that we get to go visit. We have had the good fortune, I think since we started doing this, about 16 of them or so on the list right now that we have visited all throughout the metro Cleveland area. And I don't know, I just thought that'd be a kind of a fun topic to go over. We've, we've seen 
a lot of really cool places that, you know, some of them have really good food. Others, we just go there for a flight of different IPAs and things like that. But we went to a couple yesterday, actually. We went to the Brew Kettle, which was in Hudson, and another one called the Crooked Pecker, which is easily the best named one on the list so far, for sure. Uh, yeah, Cro- Crooked Pecker was one that I had been looking at for a while, um, and I just never had an opportunity to, to visit there. So it was kind of out. It was in Chagrin, it's in Chagrin Falls. It's in a, um, I don't know, kind of in an industrial area where they've got essentially a garage um, and they open up the garage doors and they've got, I don't know how many different beers they had. Well, they have six or eight different beers that they had made. There was, there was quite a few, but it was a good selection and it was a fun place. There, there weren't too many people there. We got there right after they opened. So some of the regulars were there, but that was about it at that point. Yeah. But that was, that was fun. That was a good place. And then, uh, the, the brew kettle that we went to is kind of like a, more of a combination restaurant. Yeah, uh, microbrew type place, which I tried one of their, what was it called? I don't even remember anymore, but it was one of their hazy IPAs. It was pretty tasty. It was, um, it was a rainbow something or balloon something, something balloon. Yeah. It's pretty good. And, uh, but when we've been doing this for so many years now, we've got a huge list of breweries that we went to. I won't read them all necessarily, but some of my favorites along the way were definitely Fatheads. Uh, that one's, they've got a couple locations here in Cleveland. That one has, Really good food and pretty decent beer. Uh, there was another one called Willoughby. I don't remember where that was. You're the geography guy around here. So yeah, so that's that's the Willoughby Brewing Company. That's actually in Willoughby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they they have, and I'm I, I don't remember if they're still open or not. They had a peanut butter chocolate stout that was to die for. It was it was amazing. We actually, if you recall, I think we saw a live band there that night. And there was like That's an right. 80s band. The Spasmatics. The Spasmatics. Good, good memory. Yeah. yeah. And they had the best buffalo, like chicken buffalo egg rolls. Yes. They were fantastic. I mean, they were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was definitely one of the one of my favorites. Uh, and of course, Missing Mountain Brewery, which we went to last year. That was uh, yeah, it was last year when I came for WrestleMania and we went there on a Sunday morning. Right when they opened around 11 o'clock and they had this great Bloody Mary bar there and some of the best Bloody Marys I've ever had. They were tasty and got a hat and some beers and stuff. It was a really cool experience. That was a, a really neat one. I hope to go back there sometime soon. Yeah. And I think and I think the I'm pretty sure if it wasn't the first, it was one of the first one that, that we went to. We went to Great Lakes Brewing, which, you know, in, in that's kind of a Cleveland institution. We went down to their tasting room down in the basement good food, good beers. And I remember Hoppin' Frog. Hoppin' Frog, yeah, I remember. We, we sat yeah, down in Akron. We sat down in that tasting room for quite a while and had, I mean, I remember, I'm pretty sure we each had a flight of maybe five mm-hmm. and I don't think there was an overlap. So there was at least yeah. 10 or 20, you know, brews on tap there, which, and they were good, I, yeah. if I remember correctly. Yeah, they had yeah. a great selection. Akron's got a couple good places, I think, that we went to that. And Thirsty Dog, yep. I believe, was the other one. That was really fun. So yeah, I mean, I never really thought of Cleveland as being a place where they had a lot of really great microbrews, but they do. They there's a lot of really good places to go around here. And sadly, I think I've only taken you to maybe two and uh, the times that you've come to Indianapolis. So we got to make up for that. There's definitely some good spots to to visit back home, but there just hasn't been as much time to do so. So maybe the next time you roll around, we'll try to do that. Yeah. And and this is something that, you know, my my wife doesn't really drink beer. And so, you know, going to breweries uh, is not something that I typically do, you know, even though I live here. So I always look forward to, 
when you're in town and we can uh, we can knock a couple off the list. So yeah, that's awesome. absolutely. You got some topics for us today here? Well, yeah, I mean, lots of interesting things have happened, I think, since we have podcasted last, or at least the last time that we podcasted about wrestling. It's been a minute about that because we we have gone through the Star Wars deep dives and did our video game six through 10, I think, the last time we talked. And I think one of the biggest pieces of news that's come from the world of wrestling, which we both enjoy, is the fact that the longtime owner and founder, well, I don't know if founder is the right word, but Basically, the the guy who ran the show at WWE, Vince McMahon, has left the company, has retired, stepped down amidst some allegations of, of some stuff going on behind the scenes with company money and, and ladies and things like that. And he's decided that uh, I'm sure heavily influenced by the board that now was the time to make that decision for him to step down. And now we have Triple H and Stephanie basically running the show at WWE and I don't know. I thought it would be an interesting topic to talk about because as long as you and I have been wrestling fans, it's all about the Vince McMahon show at the, you know, the WWF, which eventually of course became the WWE. And I mean, his legacy, despite whatever is going on with some of this controversy will always be his ability to take this company and turn it into a multi-billion dollar company and what he's done for the world of wrestling, you just can't really understate that. Or I guess you should, I guess I should say, you can't really overstate that. He has uh, taken this, this business and created something really incredible, a lot of superstars, a lot of years of really great entertainment. And it's really crazy to think that he's not a part of that anymore. And if you're listening to Triple H and you believe what he says, Vince isn't involved at all anymore. I don't know if I believe that 100%, but He's not employed with the company officially, and uh, for the first time in in many decades, that that is the case. And I I just think that that's a pretty landmark event for this business. Yeah, I I think um, you know it's it's funny you, you hear a lot of things online about the direction of the WWE over the last I don't know maybe call it ten years even, and there's a lot of you know there's a lot of marks that that are just that really kind of shit on WWE and, and, and those stories and that sentiment always typically seems to get back to Vince McMahon. And that, you know, they would say stuff like, well, you know, it's Vince's fault. It's Vince's this, that, and other thing. And I think part of that is probably true to some degree, but I think you're right. I don't, I don't think you can really, we would not have professional wrestling the way we do today if it wasn't for Vince McMahon, I mean, for sure, you know, certainly you could talk about, you know, the influence of WCW and the Monday night wars and all those kind of things. But, but I just, I don't think we would even, even have gotten there if it weren't for what Vince did for this industry and love him or not. I mean, the, the guy is an icon and, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to touch on, you know, the, his, his issues. I don't even really know that I know the details of them. And I candidly, I don't really care. I, I am curious, do you know, did, did the WWE stock take any hits when he stepped away or when he, these allegations or this stuff came to light? I, I have not looked into that. I can only imagine it did to some degree, but it wasn't newsworthy from anything that I heard in terms okay. of them taking huge losses. And I think I have to think a, a big reason for that is the fact that his, his daughter, Stephanie, and then of course, Triple H, who's been a superstar and has been part of the executive team for a while now. He's He's been the heir apparent for many years. Yeah. Everybody kind of knew that he was going to be the one that kind of took over this business and steered the ship. 
uh, it was very quickly announced that he was put back into place after being out for some health issues. And of course, Stephanie had like all of two weeks off before she ended up coming back and assuming her position as well. So I have to think that that probably helped the case because it, it wasn't like they had to scramble to find a replacement. I think they knew what they were going to do the whole time. I just don't think things were timed as well, or I don't think they knew the timing of it as they were coming to it. But this was this was going to be the direction that it went. And, and for most wrestling fans, I think you can already get a sense for some of the things that are changing on the horizon already. Yeah, I, I was always under the impression that, yeah, I think you're right. I think it was this was kind of always the direction that they were going to go in with Stephanie and or Triple H kind of taking the helm it felt like this kind of came out of nowhere, uh, these allegations and, and this stuff. And again, I don't know many of the details and I, again, I don't really care, but it seems like it just was like, Oh, like one day here's all these allegations. Yeah. You know, I guess I, I was always under the impression that, you know, Vince was going to leave when they took him out feet first. Sure. And that's when he, you know, yeah. triple H and Stephanie would, would take over. Yeah. So um, I, I suppose it's a good thing that we didn't lose Vince. The, the human being, you know, he's still alive. I think it's probably also a good thing, candidly, that he's not in charge anymore. I think it's, I think WWE programming has gotten a little bit stale and formulaic over the last several years. Now, I, what I don't know is how much of the quote fault that is of Vince versus other talent or other writers or those kind of things. But I guess I've always kind of been under the impression that like, everything flows through Vince and ultimately he was, he made the decisions for all of this shit. Right. So if you liked it, it was his doing. If you didn't like it, it was his fault. That's kind of the impression that I got. Yeah. I think he was always really good about taking all the responsibility, good Good or or bad bad for for anything that happened. But yeah, I think that there has been, I mean, there's always criticism of, of anything that's, that's that huge. And I think that there's been a sentiment, for a while now that maybe Vince doesn't really know how to connect with the primary fan base of the WWE these days. And I mean, Vince has been around even before Vince outright owned the WWE. Obviously he was involved with wrestling because his father started it and he comes from a a tradition and a legacy of old wrestlers and, you know, the generation where they, they didn't have the internet and they didn't talk about storylines. They didn't talk openly about what the business actually was and so I think that it's probably fair to conceive that, you know, he still had a lot of old school mentality with him. And I think this business is nothing if it cannot change and adapt over time, especially with the internet. The internet has completely altered this business more so than I have to think any business ever. I don't know. That's that's hyperbole. But you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, so you said something that was interesting. You said uh, something to the to, to the effect of they can't connect with the the actual audience or the audience. Who, who is that these days in your mind? I mean, I guess that's a good question in terms of, I don't know how to identify that as a demographic. I think it's an interesting time in wrestling because I think you have fans who are younger and we also have the people our age who are, yeah. have been fans since the legends era and, and even beyond. So I think it really spans multiple generations, but I also think that they need to really focus on not just you know, not always bringing back the Brock Lesnar's of the world and the part-timers, but really focusing on the new young talent. And I think the new young talent will help grow new young fan base as well. And I think Vince has been conflicted with what he wanted to do with NXT. And that was really Triple H's thing. 
but I think we're going to see a lot more, at least I hope we see a lot more cohesiveness between NXT and WWE. In fact, I was going to ask you, now that Vince is out, now that Triple H is doing this whole thing, what would you like to see change first? Like what kinds of things do you feel like they could benefit from doing with Triple H running the shift? Um, so I will caveat this answer by saying my viewing habits for WWE have changed pretty drastically over the last several years. And what I mean by that is I can't tell you the last time that I watched Raw or any non-pay-per-view event. Now, is that a function of the product not being great? Or is it a function of, you know, me being too busy? It's probably a little bit of both. Yeah. If I was Triple H, I would, get, I would go back to two-hour Raws. I think there's too much programming. Okay. Between Raw and SmackDown and monthly pay-per-views and... You know, part of the reason that I only watch the pay-per-views, I don't, I don't see any value in watching Raw anymore because the storylines progress from month to month. They give you a recap on the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I'm really missing anything by not watching Raw. Yeah. I've, I've said for a long time, I think three hours for Raw is just way too much. I never watch SmackDown. I never watch NXT. That's not, the, that's not because I don't think that those are good programs and I don't enjoy watching them necessarily. It's just a lot to ask, right? I mean, you got three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown, two hours, I think, of NXT. And that's before you do any of the web content and those kind of things. I think the other thing that I would like to see is longer storylines, you know, storylines that go more than month to month. You know, one of the all-time greatest storylines or two of that popped to mind one, you got Ricky Steamboat and Savage but way back in the day. Mm-hmm. That was what? Almost a year storyline or like that, yeah. eight months or whatever it was. And then you've got Hogan and, and Savage from like the WrestleMania five, six time frame. Yeah. Where that, that story really built over, over that time. Yeah. I'm not suggesting every story needs to be a year long arc, but like those are the stories that you really kind of get invested in. And I just don't see that much anymore that and then and you touched on it earlier really focus on the new up-and-coming stars because if you if you look at if you look at what they've been trying to do to you know to bring in big numbers or fans the top of the card is still really old yeah you know i mean it's just i mean yes roman reigns i wouldn't consider him old but he's getting older and brock lesnar and like a lot of these guys They've just been around, a, even, even a guy like Randy Orton is not a spring chicken anymore, you know? Sure. So, yeah. I don't know. How about you? What, uh, what would you change? Oh, or, what, would, or what do you want to see? I would definitely like to see, I agree with what you said. I thought that all makes sense. I would also like to see a lot more meshing or a lot more consistency between NXT and WWE, because I think what's happening is that they're building these stars in NXT and they're becoming huge and they're becoming big crossover like stars. And then they'll bring them to WWE and they'll completely rebrand them and they'll make them somebody new, change their name, change their gimmick, change all that stuff. And it's like, you got to start all over with those guys. And it, that to me never made any sense. Hmm. I always like this. Well, I think the most topical recent example is this carrion cross guy. Okay. Who, um, who was big in NXT. They brought him into the WWE and totally changed his gimmick. And it was really bizarre. And it just completely fell flat. And 
he actually reappeared at Clash in the Castle. And so he was there. So like he he kind of he like threw a water bottle at Drew McIntyre or something. And they had like a little five second beef. It was enough to know that that's probably where they're going to move after that. But he I mean, Triple H basically brought him back in because he knew that there was untapped potential there. Okay. So I think that I think that if they can take those guys in NXT and really grow them there but keep that momentum going yeah. as they get into the wwe rather than rebranding them i think that's a big thing did he did he bring him back in as his nxt persona or his wwe uh, persona? I, I don't know because okay. I, I don't personally follow nxt okay. as much i'm somewhat familiar with it but I, I talked to a lot of people who follow both and that seems to be a big complaint that it's just not consistent and, and things get moved around a lot but between that and I would just, I think that there are certain superstars that I would really like to see more focus on being in the limelight. Mm-hmm. There are certain individuals like the one that stands out to me first and foremost is Kevin Owens. I just think he's the most brilliant performer yeah. on that entire roster and why he doesn't always have the mic and why he doesn't always get considered for a top spot is just beyond me. And I think somebody like Triple H will see his value a little bit more mm-hmm. and take those guys like the Rollins of the Seth Rollins of the world. And even Sami Zayn, you know, like there are some guys that if you can get their gimmick in the right spot, I think that they're going to really gain a lot more fans and, and really pull in more dollars. So do you, do you think, was that a, was that a blind spot for Vince or was that a, was he just making decisions that, that we disagreed with? Hard to say, I guess. I mean, obviously, I don't know Vince and I, I don't know anything about what goes on behind the doors of the business. But if I had to guess, I'd say he had certain things that he liked about certain individuals and didn't have as much patience with developing them. And if they didn't get where they needed to go, then yeah. well, he'll, he'll bring back Edge or he'll bring back, bring back Brock Lesnar or or whatever. You know, I, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, but he just didn't seem as intent to focus on developing the younger talent Mm -hmm. and give them the time they need to get there. It had to be somebody who was an absolute superstar before he'd really throw them in the equation. You know, it's, it's interesting. I wonder, I wonder if, and we'll never know, but I wonder if that changed for Vince when the company went public. You know what I mean? I, I wonder if he he started looking more at the bottom line than he did at the longer term development of talent. I don't know. Yeah, it's just like a, a, a nice hypothetical to think, you know, it's like, yeah. And again, we'll never know. But I guess one, one thing that I will say in the what's it been month and a half now? What was SummerSlam, the first like Triple H pay-per-view where he was yes. in charge? That was his first. He. I think he had some creative over SummerSlam, but this was the first one, this one here, yeah. that he was basically running. So what I what I will say is it feels like things are trending in the right direction. Yes. Like there's been some things that are different. I've noticed a couple wrestlers where like they got their first name back. Like right. Theory went from Austin Theory to Theory. Now he's Austin Theory. Right. Yeah, like stuff like and that. That's a conscious move. By- right. Triple H yeah. to be like, we need to, we need to humanize these guys right. a little bit more because you're going to connect with them better if you do that. Right. So like, you know, things like that. The other thing that Tri- Triple H seems to be very in tune and in touch with the history of professional wrestling. He cares about the lineage of titles. He cares about, he, he is, he is a student of the game, excuse the pun. And I think maybe he's looking at things 
maybe more from that historical perspective or that perspective where he is reverent mm -hmm. to the history of the business, maybe than Vince was. I don't know. Yeah. It feels, it feels like there's like it a, got yeah. a bit of a, a shot of adrenaline. Yeah. I feel like that there's something that is really pushing this along. And, and I, I don't think that I've read or heard anything where someone's like, Oh crap. I don't think triple H knows what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. Like everybody seems to be very bullish around this. And my hope is that, you know, it continues to grow and there will be a couple of WTF moments for the better, like between now and the end of the year, like, Holy crap. I didn't see that coming yeah. at all. Like I, I would expect to see some people that ended up falling off the roster, like the Johnny Gargano's and, uh, some of those types, like maybe even Sasha Banks, maybe some of those people work yeah. their way back in because, you know, he wants to get them in there. I, I don't necessarily love or agree with, you know, working with Logan Paul and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Those types of sort of part-time, you know, celebrity interventions aren't really my thing. And now the, the buzz is around him and Roman having some kind of a program, yeah. maybe it's summer or not SummerSlam at survivor series yeah so i i don't know that that sounds terrible to me but you know we'll see what happens i think that there's to uh, interestingly enough billy corgan from the smashing pumpkins of all people was being interviewed and has talked about it because of his fascination with professional wrestling and he's actually in the business from an ownership perspective and he said something that i thought was really intelligent which was you can't just take a a, a battleship and and turn it at 90 degrees in 10 minutes and expect that to work. You know, he's like, it, it's this kind the size of a corporation, uh, you, you know, it's going to take time to yeah. make any considerable yeah. change. You can do little things that people will notice bit by bit in the beginning, but it, it's really going to be a, a, a long game. You know, it's, it, it's funny. So this is, um, it's good timing here. So we're, again, I mentioned we're sitting here watching WrestleMania X seven and there is a, I think it's I think it's the gimmick battle royal, right? Mm -hmm. Where so it's yep. like all of these characters from years past, Doink the Clown and and the Goon and and all these people. And I think that really goes to what you're saying, right? There was a there was an era of the WWE where everything was kind of silly and everything was, you know, here we got Kamala or you got uh, uh, yeah, Kamala. You know, you got Kamala and Kimchi and the and Doink and the and you know, we got a garbage man and a dentist and the Iron Cheek and this that and the other thing. And, and it took a long time to shift from that era mm -hmm. to the attitude era. And it took right. a long time to shift from the attitude era to the PG era. And to your point, I think it's going to take us some time to shift from whatever this era was, the last of the Vince era, Jesus Christ, the, the repo man. Um, you know, it, I think it's going to take a long time to shift from that last Vince era, whatever yeah. we're calling that to the new triple H era, which yeah. isn't a bad thing, but it's just, no, it does take, it takes time. Yeah. So it's interesting. It's a, it's a really fun time to be a wrestling fan because I mean, you've got AEW of course, which is doing really well these days. I don't think that they're competing with WWE to the same level as like WCW was back during the Monday night wars, but there's still a lot of options. There's still a lot of interesting competition. And I, I think that it's heading in a good direction. I'll be anxious to see where it goes yeah. from here. I'm really excited to see what major pay-per-views like the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania look like this year. Yeah, that'll be you the know? most interesting part yeah. because those are the flagship shows for the WWE, yeah. the, the big four, SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Survivor Series, and Royal Rumble. I think when we get to see the first Royal Rumble, the first big pay-per-view that is 100% under Triple H's control, it'll, it'll be really fascinating. Yeah. I think they'll, they'll do it right. 
And I'm very excited about that. So re- wrestling, it sounds like, is, is trending in the right direction, which is good. Yeah. Which is good. I agree. As, as Michael P.S. Hayes struts to the ring. And his big Confederate flag. <laughs> uh, did, not a- did not age well. Did not age well. No, not, not really. Michael nor the Confederate flag, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> All right. You got, uh, we got another potpourri topic here we're going to touch. Yeah, so I thought it would be kind of fun and also a little bit topical to touch on one of the recent shows that dropped on Netflix, which has been a favorite of mine, Cobra Kai, which is obviously a show that is a continuation of the Karate Kid story. Karate Kid came out in 1984, I think it was. And uh, there were actually technically three sequels to that movie. There was Karate Kid, Karate Kid 2, Karate Kid 3, and then there was, I believe, it was called the next karate kid. The fourth movie did not feature the main character of Daniel LaRusso. That was, uh, I don't even know who that was. It was Hillary Swank playing a, the female lead with Mr. Miyagi in the show, but it was kind of a direct to DVD, like didn't really do much. Nobody really saw that movie, but the, uh, the series takes place. I don't know what it was 20, 30 years after the original karate kid and, and kind of picks up with Johnny Lawrence played by again, Billy Zabka, who was the uh, heel in the first Karate Kid movie. And it's a really interesting show. And I think that it's an interesting time to be 46 years old in in this day and age, because there's a lot of properties from our youth that, that are trying to, they're trying to breathe fresh air into these properties so that we will continue to spend our money uh, whether it's Star Wars, you know, making new Star Wars movies, Indiana Jones has got a new movie coming out that's been very buzzworthy lately. Uh, we had a new Ghostbusters movie come out recently. Uh, obviously, Fletch is in the is in the theaters yeah, right now. Fletch right? is in the theater. Like there are a lot of properties yeah. from our youth that we that we always talk about. Whether it's a remake, a reboot, Halloween, right? That's on yeah. the horizon too. Halloween Ends is the third movie in this this new trilogy uh, that Jamie Lee Curtis has come back to do. And, you know, I'd say more often than not, at least from my perspective, it tends to be really disappointing. Like it just never really lives up to the fun and the excitement of what it was like to watch these movies and and see these stories when I was a kid. And, you know, I I don't blame them. Like, I, I don't know how you would appeal to someone like me, you know, 30 to 35 years later when it comes to some of this stuff, because I'm not the same person I was when I watched those movies. But I guess the reason that I wanted to bring it up is because I really do, you know, I, I wanted to get your opinion because I know you haven't, you're not current on Cobra Kai, but you've watched the first four seasons. Yep. The fifth one is the one that recently dropped, but I wanted to get your opinion on what you thought the show was like, because I'm, I don't know if I'm in the minority or I don't know what, but I, I love it. I think it's a perfect continuation of the story. I think they've done a lot to bring back some of the old characters and I'll be the first one to admit, like, it's probably not a great show, in the sense that if somebody who didn't know about this series sat down and watched it, would they like it? I don't know. Probably not. Some of the acting can be a little hokey and some of the fight scenes are a little bit stilted, especially with the older characters, but man, there's something about the tonal change that they made and the heart that is still there in these episodes that in my opinion, like I'm loving everything that they're putting out there so far. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Uh, C- Cobra Kai is an amazing extension of the Karate Kid universe, right? I, I you know, it's not a, it, I mean, it is a continuation. It's a yeah. sequel to those movies. Absolutely. I suppose probably to the first 
well, the first three. It doesn't really touch on the fourth one, I don't think. So yet, far. Yeah. yet. There's another um, season. And you're right. I, I love the fact that they've gotten, with the exception of Pat Morita, who is no longer with us, they've gotten back the original actors for all of these, all of these things. Um, you know, some of them are, are more involved than others. I think William Zapka does an amazing job. He I does. think I think in my mind he's the main character, really. Certainly of those first couple seasons, maybe not so much the, the next few. You know, obviously Ralph Macchio as Daniel Larusa is is a main character, but this is really more about their kids and and really it's it's the battle between good and evil, right? It's Cobra Kai versus you know versus these other dojos. Yeah, it's done an amazing job. The the, the one the one caveat or the one negative that that I continue to come back to and it and it certainly doesn't ruin it at all for me. I'm I'm continually shocked at how many people study karate in in the in the valley. Right. <laughs> it just seems like it's a I, big thing. It's there. it's a huge thing, right? Which yes. which so that's a little bit of a stretch. But but once you get outside of that, I think the storytelling is superb. The relationships that they've developed in the show are great. And I know that we mentioned that a couple of episodes of the Obi-Wan show actually, in my opinion, made Revenge of the Sith better, like to go back and watch Revenge of the Sith. So I don't know that Cobra Kai necessarily makes Karate Kid better. I might enjoy Cobra Kai more than some of those movies, though. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think what Cobra Kai does is what Karate Kid 3 should have. And, and, uh, you know, I'll take a quick sidebar here. One of the things that I, I've got a buddy that I used to work with that I, I hang out with every once in a while, and we're both fans of the Karate Kid franchise. And we always talk about before Cobra Kai ever became a show, we would talk about, you know, how much they screwed up part three. And what they should have done is they should have brought Johnny back mm-hmm. for part three. And they should have brought Elizabeth Shue back. And maybe this is the one where maybe Terry Silver is still the bad guy in the show, but this is about Daniel and Johnny finding a way to work together against Terry Silver. And mm-hmm. maybe, maybe this is the one where Miyagi dies or something. And that's what pushes Daniel over the edge and Johnny has to get him back or something. And, you know, we used to sort of fan fiction, this whole thing and, and how Elizabeth Shue would come back and maybe she would just be friends with them instead of a love interest or whatever. And all the stuff that we fan fictioned throughout that is what they're doing yeah. in the show. So I feel a little bit ripped off to be honest, right. <laughs> but in all seriousness, like they have taken what I didn't like about the third movie and they have righted those wrongs in my opinion, but they've also taken the characters from the third movie and extended the storyline from the third movie and they've kept it going and they've made it really good. Terry Silver, even at his age, he's an amazing days, bad guy. He's a really great yeah. healer in that show. He's fantastic. And Kreese is really old and he's, he's definitely, um, not as believable as the bad guy maybe as he used to be, but he, he does it. He pulls it off really well. But I think the most important thing about this show, and this is what they got right. And I can't believe they did it. I can't believe they had the balls to do it is that tonally this show is very, very different from those movies. Like the first karate kid is a flat out drama. There's nothing funny about that Mm -hmm. movie. And I remember watching it as a kid and really relating to it because it was about a a kid who's getting bullied. And I got bullied a lot when I was younger And it was a very serious topic. When I read that this show was going to come back, but it was going to be more of a comedic take, I thought, oh God, this is going to be a nightmare. Why are they doing this? And then I saw what they were doing with it and it, it worked. It just worked so well because I mean, it's, 
it's it's not a comedy, but it's a it, there's a lot of tongue in cheek dialogue and and all the stuff with Johnny Lawrence and you know being stuck in the '80s, not knowing yeah. what the internet is, and all of that it is it's so well done. It's really good, but on top of just being funny, it ends up really endearing you to the characters, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's one thing that I really love about the show. The other thing that I really love is that there's this you know big sort of internet thing that happened over the years where they 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 launched this campaign about Daniel being the real bad guy. Right. right? And I think we've talked about that before and the show actually explored that. angle, yeah. I think, especially in the first season, because Daniel comes back into the fold as Johnny does, but Daniel's kind of a snobby rich kid yeah. now who uh, is, is really shitty to Johnny and just not really grounded anymore. And of course this show is kind of about his journey of, of getting back to that space. But I, I just love how self-referential and how meta the, the show is. And it, it just manages to be good and be funny and have a lot of heart, bring all the characters back, whoever mattered at all in the series. And yeah, I, it's because of that I'm able to forgive its shortcomings yeah. as being a quality show because I'm just enjoying the ride. And that's, yeah. that's, that's the best compliment I can give it. You know, and, and, I, and I really have nobody really to ask other than, so my, so we... We watch this show. My wife and I watch it with our our one of our boys, our fourteen year old, and he he loves it too. But I wonder, I don't even know if I could ask him this. He would be able to answer. But like I I I wonder if the reason that we love Johnny so much is because of our age and because of where we are in life. Yeah, you know what I mean. I, like that's got to be that has to be some of it. Yeah, I think that back when the original movie came out, I think a lot of us related to Daniel. Right. And now, interestingly enough, I think more of us relate really, to John. Totally, right. Yeah. Because I mean, especially guys like you and me, yeah. right? Like we, we still listen to music from the eighties, <laughs> you know, we're, right. you know, I mean, we're technologically inclined a, a bit more than he is, but right. I think that it just, Johnny is now the guy who's down and out. He's trying to get back in shape. He's trying to get his life together. He's trying to find a job, you know, all that kind of stuff. And the show is very much hit. Well, the show starts as his arc. I I would argue my only thing that I don't like about this new season is that I don't think that, I think they get away from that. It, it stops being about Johnny and it starts being about other, uh, yeah. other things. Yeah. It just, it, it gets muddy down because now they have a pretty big cast of characters, yeah. but it's still very enjoyable. And I hope they get back to the, sort of the Johnny Daniel roots. Now, did they, have they announced the sixth season? I think it has been officially greenlit at this point. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so I we we started watching the first episode of season five. I didn't even finish it, so I'm I'm maybe halfway through the first season, okay. first episode of season five. But I will we'll get it watched here in the next few weeks. I imagine it's great, and yeah. it's so it's easy to binge because the the episodes are like sitcom length. They're like yeah, they're only six yeah. thirty minutes long, yeah. maybe, and they're very hooky. So like right when the you know right when one episode ends, you want to kind of fire up the next one, right. It's easy to get through pretty quick, but I'm just, I'm so excited about the show. I'm so excited that childhood property of mine, and I'm sitting here looking at your Ghostbusters <laughs> toys, came back, decided to try to make another appearance and it didn't disappoint. Yeah. And I'm just, I, I'm in love with that. I love the idea that, you know, I mean, even Star Wars, Star Wars, we've gone back and forth about a lot. You know, I think ultimately I would have liked to have seen a lot of different things from, from right. what we got from Star Wars. But like, this is one of those things where it's just like, man, I'm really glad they did this. Yeah. It really worked for me. And I wish they could do this with the other ones. And here I am sitting, uh, trying not to get too scared about what Indiana Jones 5 is going to look like next year. But 
you know, we'll see. They're going to they're going to try this again. But yeah, I, I almost wonder if if how much Harrison Ford is actually going to be in that movie. I mean, I know he's in it, but I, I hear it's a lot. And that kind of scares I, me a little bit. I, I yeah, I don't know. I don't know what yeah. it's going to be. I don't know if Short Round's going to be in it. I really hope he is. They're saying he's not. I saw a picture of him, then the two of them together the other day. Well, that was at a, as a at a Disney thing because yeah. Kehi Kwan, I think is his name, is promoting this movie that's supposed to be really good that I would absolutely love to plug, but I haven't I haven't seen it yet. It's like everything, everywhere, all the time or something like okay. that. Okay, yeah. It's like a, a multiverse-themed movie of all these Asian actors and stuff. And it's supposed to be really good. I I've seen the trailer. It looks really bizarre, but I've heard nothing but great things, but I think that's a Disney movie or under the Disney umbrella. At least I assume so. Okay. And then of course, Harrison Ford came out on stage to, to do a, okay. a little, whatever song and dance about the new Indiana Jones movie that's coming yeah. out. And they saw each other backstage and they hugged and somebody got a picture of it. And all I kept thinking is if he's not in this next movie, I don't want to see it. Yeah. I just don't like, I want them to bring him back. I, I realize it's probably going to the well, but man, it would be so cool. It, it would be. It would be. So, um, so real quick. So it's, it sounds like then Cobra Kai is, is one example of a sequel or a requel or a continuation, continuation that worked in yes. your opinion. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty fair to say that we both thought Ghostbusters, not so great. Ghostbusters was, Afterlife was a good movie, but I I had one expectation from that movie that got decimated, and that was that the old characters be a yeah. part of the story and show up. Right, and, and they they just and they didn't. didn't. I yeah. mean, they were they they did literally show up. They were in the movie, but it looks like they rolled them out of bed and put right. them in for a, a two minute cameo. Let them write their own lines. And yeah, they were, it was just it was so awkward. I didn't like it. I would rather have not seen it. To yeah. be honest. Okay, so so that that's one that we'll put that on the negative column. Star Wars, I think, is probably a mixed bag. So if we take anything other than outside of theatrical releases, okay, so anything that's been on Disney Plus, I think I would probably get, just real quick. I would probably give a thumbs up to Mandalorian, thumbs down to Book of Boba. I'm not sure about Andor yet. I would yeah. probably give a thumbs up overall to Obi Wan. Yeah. I think but so. But that one's pretty close, though. It, it wasn't a bad show. Yeah. And the, the stuff that they did good, they did really, really well. Really good. Yeah. It was just a matter of, did we need all that? Could they have been more economical with their storytelling? I don't know where they're going to go with it, if it's going to continue in some way. It's tough to say. Yeah. Let's see. MCU stuff. So you've got, there's a there's been a lot of MCU stuff outside of the movies on Disney+. Plus. Mm-hmm. So you've got WandaVision. You've got Captain America, Captain America, Winter Soldier. We got Winter Soldier, Falcon, and Winter Soldier. That's what I meant. Yeah. And you've got Loki, mm-hmm. and you've got She Hulk, and yep. you've got the Captain Marvel, not Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel, or something like that. Okay. It was like a, a kids yep. show. And there's probably something. Oh, yes. Like the what ifs, the what if series, right. the animated series. So there's, there's been a bunch there. It's it's feels to me that they are, at least in the in the Marvel world, they're starting to lean more towards the series versus theatrical releases. Is that is that the way it feels to you too, or no? 
it feels that way, but it's hard to say whether that's intentional or not, because you have to also consider that the pandemic really fucked yeah. up all this stuff in that's terms true. of scheduling, yeah. because everything had to be moved around. Some stuff got reshot. Some st- I mean, the order in which things ended up coming out was very different from the order that it was yeah, supposed that's to true. come out. So I don't think that we're far enough away from that to really understand that fully. I'm concerned about Marvel for the first time in a long time, just because it seems to be spiraling towards ambivalence. You know, like, I just don't know what they're building to right now. Yeah. They've had more hours of content since Endgame than they had before. Mm-hmm. And we still don't know who who's the big bad guy. What, what are we building to? Who's our yeah. next set of, I mean, they're, they're tipping their hat to some of that right now, but it's taking a long time to get there. Right. And I think the pandemic really screwed that up because they had to shuffle a lot of stuff yeah. around. None of the shows that they put out were bad. Uh, Hawkeye was another one. Mm-hmm. That was a decent show. I mean, they were all okay. And I think how each of these characters are dealing with their own struggles after the snap is, is an interesting story. But like the Wanda stuff, especially in Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. it's kind of messed up. Yeah. I mean, it like... What she did in WandaVision was pretty unforgivable. Right. And at the beginning of Doctor Strange, we're like, okay, I guess we're cool with it. And then she fucking does it again. Yeah. Like she be, I mean, spoiler alert, yeah. she becomes the bad guy right. of of Doctor Strange. And it's like, what? Like, how many times are we gonna give her a pass on this stuff? And I don't know. So it's it'll be interesting to kind of see where things go, but it it doesn't seem like it's as focused towards yeah, towards something in the and end, an end game. An end game. yeah I, I was trying <laughs> right. not to say that yeah. but it's exactly right like it doesn't feel like there's an end game here yeah and i don't know what they're doing or when they're going to get there and of course we've got black panther 2 coming out who knows what that's going to end up looking right. like at this point so I, I don't i don't really know where it's going i don't know who's the next star that we're going to get behind i don't know how many more movies tom holland's going to do right i don't know if chris hemsworth is going to do too many mm-hmm. more as thor like the the recent thor movie was okay but yeah i mean is is there is there anybody is there anybody that we've already been introduced to that is not one of our original avengers that you could really see really getting behind i don't know who that is spider-man i think is the only one maybe but I yeah don't, i don't know how many more he's gonna do yeah and I you know I don't know who's going to take up the mantle. Who's going to be the next Tony Stark, if you will? Yeah. Because he was the he was really the flagship actor and character to really yeah take Marvel into that direction. I don't I don't know who that's going to be yet, and I don't think they do either. I think they're waiting yeah. to try to figure it out. I think they're trying to steer that ship with certain properties and how they're going to do it. Like there's going to be another Captain America movie, which is going to feature Falcon as okay as as, as the as, Captain America as Cap, yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but who's yeah. the next bad guy? What is going on with all this multiverse stuff? Like the multiverse plot lines are really interesting, but really confusing because none of it makes a lot of sense. Right. And again, we don't know where we're going with any of this. And yeah. it also really kind of kind of shit on all the stakes of the Marvel movies. Cause if there's all these multiverses and in theory, you just skip to another one and, and you're good to go and get yeah. your guy back. Yeah. You know, like there's time travel is another one of those things where once they introduce that. Yeah. Gets... I think, I think black Panther might have been that, but with the, you know, with the unfortunate passing of the actor, I, yeah, I think that that kind of shot that in the foot maybe, but yeah, I think he could have been yeah. like the next, the next round part of the next round of, you know, whoever is, is next on board. But I, I don't know. It's interesting. I hope they figure it out because I don't see myself getting really excited about movies yeah. moving forward. Like I, you know, have about Marvel. So I'm hopeful that 
because I don't think Star Wars is going to do it. I just don't like, yeah, I don't think Star Wars is going to be a, a long-term thing for me. I'm going to always love Star Wars in its original form, but I don't see new content coming out. That's really going to make me excited about, you know, still being a part of that universe. So I'm hopeful that they can continue to do that with Marvel. I'm hopeful that DC gets their shit together at some point and yeah. figures out what they want to do so that they can make a universe that, that makes sense and everybody gets behind it just it, yeah it just seems like so like on on one hand you really love the fact that marvel went and they kind of took the ball and and built this mcu right it seems like dc is kind of foobarred the dcu in my opinion like they those movies are just not great and so the, like they're trying to come out and make some some good dcu movies or dc movies but they just seem, I don't know, they seem disjointed and they seem, they're not willing to go all in with a true DCU. Yeah. But they're also wanting to continue to put, I don't know, it's it's weird. It's like, they're not quite sure which direction to go in. It's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. And they're sort of just kind of throwing stuff out there at the dartboard, you know, whether it's the part of the universe where Batman is, you know, Bat, Ben Affleck as Batman exists or whether it's, um, you know, the Joker as joaquin phoenix i mean who knows like it's there's a lot of different none of those exist allegedly in the same universe but it's tough to say what they're going to do to if they're going to try to pull that all together if they're just going to throw out separate stories all the time because you got your robert pattinson batman right as well which doesn't seem to fit in this universe like i don't know if they're going to bring that in the joker the joaquin phoenix's joker in the same universe i don't i have no i mean thematically they seem to fit but yeah but you're right i mean like the joker that affleck was up against doesn't seem to fit at all no, in the patents that you know at all. I, I didn't care for him in that role, but I almost think they have to do what I know they're not willing to do, which is just stop making these movies for like seven years, maybe and then even start, 10, yeah. and then pick it back up again because a lot of these movies are too fresh in everybody's yeah. minds. I mean, they're making making another Batman movie is just not like we don't need another yeah. Batman movie right now. We don't need another origin story of Batman or any of that stuff. I hard to say where they're going to go with it but i I hope they figure it out because growing up you know superman the movie was one of my absolute favorites and of course batman's 1989 became one of my favorites yep so but that's a good point think about it spider superman was 78 batman was 89 yeah you know what i mean like and there really wasn't superhero movies in between there, right? No. I mean, there really wasn't. No, Superman really set the standard for yeah. that. And then Batman was the one that kind of fired it back up. And then X-Men kind of got some yeah. real heat behind it. And then it just kind of went from there. But I don't, I don't know. know. We'll see what happens. All right. Well, this was this was an interesting potpourri. You got any other topics there? Or are we are we can we put a bow on this one? I think we put a bow on yeah. this one. And, All right. and we call this the next successful one-on-one podcast that we did. There we go. All right. Well, hey, it was wonderful to see you. I'm sorry to see John Cena go, but it was a well-earned, uh, hard-fought battle. I'm sure you will take good care of him. And uh, I'm hope- hopefully that John will come back to uh, the Cleveland area here pretty sh- shortly here. Well, so. until April, <laughs> you, you can't see him anymore. All right. That said, this has been the 411 for 406. My name is Chewy. I've been joined by Pip. We'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good afternoon. Adios.